Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the Congresswoman from Minnesota, Michelle Bachman. I am announcing today that I am resigning from the presidential race. As Republicans, we need to rally around our leaders, no matter who bought and paid for them, whether it's a stalwart heterosexual philanderer like Newt Gingrich or a person of deep faith like Governor Perry. We need to gather our forces to protect our country from Obamacare and the nightmare of socialized medicine. I encourage all Americans to stop and really think of where we'd be if we prayed to end all our problems instead of spending money on them. Together, we can stamp out our budget problems like a Texas wildfire. Marcus told me yesterday that I should throw in the towel and hopefully Newt will use it to wipe away Santorum. Personally, I am throwing the support of both of my remaining followers behind Rick Perry, who is as anti-gay as my gay husband. We need to use that bond of bigotry to bring us together. I am going to keep following God's plan. And obviously God wanted me to fail miserably in the primary, so I can't wait for my husband to tell me what God has in store next. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. This is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode, we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome, Matt. Cecil, we're about uh, seven, eight days into uh, 2012. I've noticed the Earth has not blown up. I've taken that as a good sign so far. Not so much for our listeners, since you now have to put up with episode 29 here. Right, right. Yeah, it's not good but, for them, but it's no. it's fine for us. Yeah, I, I had no problems. There was no meteors crashing into the Chicago like sidewalks as I was walking here today. I was fine. It wasn't like And a, you're an amateur meteorologist. Yeah, I have, have yeah, yeah, I would know a meteor if I yeah. saw one because I'm an amateur meteorologist. Right, yeah. I'm also right, a, an amateur traffic cop, too. <laughs> We've got a, uh, a host of totally bizarre stories. Um, we're definitely going to have some more political stories in this one than we have uh, more so than we've had in the past. But, uh, you know, when the Santorum is sliding around, yeah. you've just, you've, you can't ignore it. Right, yeah. I mean, you know? it, there's, there's just been this amazing amount of Santorum. It just keeps leaking out. Well, uh, he did surge from behind. Yeah, all so. from the past week. Uh, he came from, yeah, definitely surged from behind. Uh, and uh, and he sort of coated Iowa, like, you know, in this sort of, you know, smooth, slick, foul-smelling substance. Um, A lot of people would say he came out of nowhere, yeah. you know? time I see it, I just think of like, you remember that stuff uh, that they, I don't even know that they even still make it, but it was like a fat-free substance 
that they used to put on stuff called like Olean. Olestra. Olestra and Olean. And it gave you what they called anal leakage. Yes, like, I remember. Every time I think about Santorum, I'm just like, oh, that guy's got anal leakage. Like I'm like, nah. that dude is fucking like, he's got to be wearing the pants. Because he's just, this stuff is just flowing out his behind. Oh, it's obviously flowing out his mouth too. We have two, four, six, six fucking stories in a row about this fucking gigantic douchebag. I was uh, I was I was watching uh, Colbert the other day, and uh, he said, "Hey, you know, now that now that he's finally doing better in the polls, um, he solved his little Google problem." And like a, a screen snap of of Google pops up. He's like, "Now when you Google Santorum, Rick Santorum is finally the first thing that pops up, <laughs> and the definition, you know, of a frothy mix of fecal matter and lube, sometimes the byproduct of anal sex." Is number two. (laughs) (laughs) White pants, problem solved, bitches. No kidding, right? (laughs) Do you believe that there should be any legal exceptions for rape or incest when it comes to abortion? Uh, I believe that life begins at conception and that that life should be should be guaranteed under the Constitution. That is a person. So even in a case of rape or incest, that would be taking a life. That would be taking a life. And and I believe that uh, that any doctor who performs an abortion that I would advocate that any doctor that performs an abortion should be criminally charged for doing so. I don't I've never supported criminalization of abortion for mothers, but I do for people who perform them. You know, Santorum is one of these aggressively pro-life conservatives. And, you know, I'll say, like, I can understand that stance. Um, It's not the stance that I have, but I can understand that stance. Um, What's baffling to me are are the people who are um, pro-life. I mean, a a stance I can't even get to intellectually is are those people that that are are pro-life, even in cases where, you know, there's rape or incest or the mother is, you know, physically in dire straits and there's a a medical necessity – I can't even understand the angle to approach that position anymore when you get there. Um, and, and Santorum has said that, you know, he does not support abortion, even in cases where the mother's life may be in danger. Yeah, he's, he said that a couple times. He's, that's sort of his stance on this sort of thing. And I, I don't understand it either, Tom. I, like you, it's a fucking bridge I cannot cross. I think to myself – you know, first, the the horror of being raped or, you know, having being the victim of incest is a, you know, it's a that's out of a fucking nightmare movie. You know what I mean? Like, that's just horrifying to even consider. And then to be forced to bring that child to term, you know, we as the government should be trying to help uh, the people who are victims of incest and, and victims of rape, not fucking forcing them to come to term with a child that's going to remind them of that fucking moment for the rest of their life. Uh, but beyond that. He has – his wife had a problem with a pregnancy. Now, she didn't – I've been reading about this. I, I did a little research on this. I made sure to sort of check up on this. It seems like she didn't get an abortion, that she had a miscarriage. But they were they were considering it at one point. At least that's what he says. Karen Santorum um, – and this is a quote from her. Um, she says, if the physician came to me and said, if we don't deliver your baby in one hour, you will be dead, then yeah, I would have to do it. But for me, it was at the very end. I would never make a decision like that until all their all other means had been thoroughly exhausted. Well, do, you know, so it's just different for her, right? It's just different for her. She's saying like, "Hey, if my life was in danger, yeah, I would do this, but I would make sure all other avenues had been well." Well, what kind of a, a, a horrifyingly arrogant and out of touch position is this? 
that she's saying, well, for me, it's different. For me, I would make sure that I had, you know, as if to imply that other people, you know, like this is the first route they go. Like, oh, well, first option, fuck it. We're going to talk about this in a little bit. But this is the guy who who specifically has come out recently and said that he doesn't agree with small government. He doesn't yeah. agree with it. He doesn't think that that's the way to go. This guy at least is the is the most honest of the Republicans that are running. Because he's actually coming out and saying, I don't agree with small government. All the rest of them, they're fucking – they're saying one thing, but they're doing something else. At least he's honest about saying, I don't think there should be small government. I think the government should be in your bedroom. I think the government should be in your fucking – in your womb. You know, this is – this guy's a fucking nightmare. He is a nightmare. And, you know, we've been talking about this for a long time is that, you know, as it stands, the current GOP is not a small government GOP. It's not – it's not the – it's not Barry Goldwater conservatism. No. This is big – what I would like to call big conservatism. You know, it's big, big government and foreign policy. It's huge, massive, giant government and foreign policy. And it's, it's, the, social, it's the social morality police uh, conservative uh, party, you know, where they decide um, in, a, in a very strict and very backward sort of way what the country's moral position on, on a variety of topics are. And they're more than willing to use the power of the government to enforce their uh, idealized version of a hyper-moral America. Yep. And uh, that's not small governments. That's as big as government can get. When government gets involved in what my dick does, yeah. that's some big-ass goddamn that's government. Huge. I mean, I, and, you know, don't get me wrong. Like, if, you're, if your dick was, you know, following the way of some of the priests out there and, like, fucking brutalizing young boys or girls— I would say the government has every right to stop you from doing that. But when it's consensual adults, it's none of your fucking business, man. Right. That's like telling me what kind of fucking coffee I'm supposed to drink. Yeah, well, you know, Sumatran is immoral. <laughs> you know, just. Didn't they write a book about that? Isn't that a sex book, the Sumatra? <laughs> Comma Sumatran. Comma Sumatran. <laughs> <laughs> like 101 ways to make love to your coffee. Uh. Oh, my God, it's so hot every time. Hot coffee sex. You need a lot of burn cream. That's all I'm you saying. You put the cream in at the end, yeah. as, it, as it turns out. <laughs> uh. Now, unlike Islam, where the higher law and the civil law are the same, in our case, we have civil laws. But our civil laws have to comport with the higher law. But, you know, like this is another, this is another example, though, Tom. There's a, there was a, a CNN opinion article, and the person – you know, using a little bit of hyperbole here in the title, but not a, not so much that it's unbelievable. Santorum wants to impose Judeo-Christian Sharia. And I'll tell you what, that's a fucking accurate way to describe what he wants to do. Yeah, it absolutely is, Cecil. You, you, you look at these guys and, you know, to a man, all of them, or a woman, um, yeah. all of them are so uh, reactionary against this uh, Sharia. You right. know, Sharia being, right. you know, Islamic law. Um, and yet, at the same time, you hear them constantly referring to their holy book when uh, discussing uh, legislative issues. Yeah, and or, it's, it's like, or they they talk about God's law, right? You know, and and Santorum makes several comments about you know how our nation's laws have to be in keeping with God's laws. Well. That's a terrible. I mean, how is that not the same thing? He's going to put a ton of red lobsters out of business. 
That's all I'm saying. Like, they're not going to be able to, like, like, you think you're going to have fun time going to fucking get some scallops and some fucking lobster. You're not going to enjoy that shit anymore. That's He's over. not going to get the vote in Maine, I'll tell you that much. Fucking A. The bib manufacturers are going to be like, ah, stupid Leviticus. <laughs> Can't have the little lobster looking up at you with the claws. Right, like, I am where you put the pieces I'm, of my brothers. I'm happy that you're feasting on me. I, lo- I love, as an aside, I love any image that shows a happy animal that you have slaughtered and are about to eat. That makes me feel good about eating meat. That shit's fantastic. Yeah. He's like, he didn't mind. Yeah, I, I didn't care at all. He thought that was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's so obvious to see what's wrong with this. Whether you're a Christian or not, you should be able to see so easily what's wrong with this. Um, all you have to do is just take a, a considered look at your own religion and say, okay, well, you know, I can. I, we can at least all agree that all Christians don't agree, right? That doesn't take. That's that's not a controversial position. You should at least be able to say, okay, well, you know, there is not unity of uh, of purpose. There's not unity of theology amongst all Christians of all sects. So, given that that's the case, how the hell are you going to govern based on your holy book? Mm-hmm. If not all interpreters of that holy book arrive at the same conclusion, what what this leads me to immediately think is, if you're really going to do that, when you when you uh, put a commander in chief in place, you're really also saying, I trust you to be the final arbiter of disputes within our religion, because you're going to make civil law in keeping with um, religious law. You then are the final arbiter for religious law. I mean, we're like fucking electing this dude Pope of America? He's going to have to have – we're going to have to have a new president hat. I mean, we're just going to have to have a hat that the president wears. And I think a scepter too. You got to give him a scepter. Should we should we send the smoke signal up the chimney of the White House when he's, when he's anointed he elected, or whatever? When he finally gets elected, it's gray smoke. Santorum is elected. <laughs> He's burning the Santorum. <laughs> <laughs> That's a terrible incense, by the way. I just want to let you know it, it does not. It's not like patchouli at all. Right? You're like patchouli, yeah. sandalwood, teak, Santorum. Santorum. It's so oily. <laughs> <laughs> During his uh, continued assault on the poor, he was speaking at a. Uh, but to a bunch of students at an Iowa Christian college, and somebody stood up and basically said, hey, you know, what about – you basically gave them the, like, what would Jesus do argument regarding health care. He's like, hey, people die from not having health care all the time, so don't we have a Christian responsibility? And this is exactly from our last point. Christian stands up. Don't I have a Christian responsibility to provide health care? And Santorum's response, no – no, not really. Nobody ever dies from not having health care. <sighs> no one has ever died, Tom, because they were poor. I don't know if right. you knew this. Nobody, That's shocking. Nobody has ever died ever because they were poor, according yeah. to Santorum. Right. It's because they didn't pull them. They didn't take the opportunity to pull themselves up by their bootstraps and go get health care because right. it's available to all Americans. All you have to do is just make enough money to get it. I, it's, I, I don't know why they don't understand that. Just you look, know, the, the, here's here's a solution, poor people. Make more money. Like it's a real easy solution. I just figured out your problem. Just make more money, poor people, and then you won't be poor. Problem fucking solved. Jesus, why don't they elect me, Tom? I th- there's so many reasons. 
<laughs> that's a different show admittedly, and a longer admittedly, show. Admittedly, that's a different show. Yeah, this is a direct quote from Santorum. Um, people die in America because people die in America. And I know, God, fuck you. And people make poor decisions with respect to their health and their health care. And they don't go to the emergency room or they don't go to the doctor when they need to, he said. Because they don't And it's not the, the fault of the government for not providing some sort fuck of universal you. benefit. Fuck you. Really? People don't – people die because they don't go to the emergency – first of all, the emergency room argument is such a fucking fallacious argument. It, 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 it bears repeating that – we've talked about this before. The freaking emergency room is not health care. The fact that you can show up in an emergency room and that they are forced by law to treat you does not constitute health care. Right. The emergency room is there to provide emergency fucking services. They don't provide ongoing continuous care. So if you're diabetic and you're in fucking diabetic coma or you're in uh, di- diabetic shock, you can go to the emergency right. room if somebody hits the right. fucking life alert button and drags your ass there. Sure. But you're not going to show up to the emergency room and be like, hey, you know, I'm out of insulin, so I'm here for my monthly refill of insulin. So that's not fucking health care. Health care is an ongoing concern. Healthcare is the ability to get things looked at before they become a fucking emergency. Emergency care is also, by its very nature and definition, more fucking expensive than preventative care and regular maintenance care. So this is that is a fucking that is a fucking retarded thing to say. That is a genuinely stupid person's thing to say. And anybody who attempts to make the emergency room argument should be dismissed out of hand right. and ridiculed like a child. Well, what, another thing that this, this completely misses the point, right? Let's just say I'm not destitute living out on the street homeless, right? right? Let's say I'm a very low-income person who's getting scraping by. If I go to the emergency room, and I have, you know, a little bit of money, but I don't have a ton of money and I can't afford the bill. They will find a way to get that money out of me. They will, you know, it's it's a debt that I have to pay to the hospital because I right. don't have insurance and I go there and they're going to they're going to send me a fucking, you know, a $50,000 bill if it's a fucking horrifyingly bad thing that goes wrong being because the only reason reason I'm ever going to go there is because something horrifying happened. Right. I got cancer. I fucking my arm fell off or whatever the fuck happened. So if I show up there, now I've got to pay this bill back to them forever. Oh, sure. And they'll gar- you know, they'll send you to collections, sure, the judgments coll- against you, you know, garnish your well, wages. Yeah, so so basically what we're saying is, oh, it's okay because they get free medical care. Well, it's not fucking free. No. It ain't free, motherfucker. How would you like it, Santorum? Some asshole fucking called you every third day. I, where's my money, bitch? Where's my money? Sure. And they'll you know, and they've got recourse beyond that because they'll send you to the collections. If that doesn't work, put a judgment they'll take you to court you? and put a judgment against you, and they can garnish your fucking wages. So now the fucking pittance that you make is now reduced. Right. What the fuck happened to Christian compassion? You're pick and choose fucking religion. Gays are bad, but we shouldn't be compassionate? Right. And that's the thing. This guy's just decided. And then he also refutes the study. There's a 2009 study. You know, which which uh, says you know that the poor people are dying. Two thousand nine yeah. study out of Harvard, forty five thousand worth are dying every year because they don't have access to care or they have limited access to care. And he basically just says like, well, not it. No, I don't believe your numbers. I don't believe it. Yeah, <clears throat> like really, 
That's your response is I don't believe it. I don't think so. That's not a considered fucking response. That's not a rational fucking response. You know why I hate Rick Santorum the most is because he wants to ban porn. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this falls under the good fucking luck. Yeah, no kidding, right? This is going to happen. Yeah, you're going to ban pornography. Uh, You will be assassinated, sir. (laughs) I'm just saying. Somebody will assassinate you with their dick. What are you kidding me? I'm not going to do it, but there's going to be a lot of pent-up rage in this country. Oh, my God. They'll shoot you from 100 meters, let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're basically giving every man in this country a sniper rifle in his pants, (laughs) right? That's not a good idea at all. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, well, this is that that fucking family leader thing, you know? Right, right. The family leader. You talk about a, a, a party that's been hijacked. Yeah. By the conservative Christians, like the family leader. Leader, 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 leader. <laughs> leader. The family leader. <laughs> leader. Um, oh, my you God. You know, they're trying to get all these guys to sign this, you know, the crazy pledge. And, you know, the crazy signed it first. Like, Bachman was like, well, I'll sign anything, you know. And, <laughs> she didn't sign it. Her husband signed it for her. Right? No kidding. He held her hand. Yeah. Like, let me, make, let me make your mark, baby. Let me make your mark. <laughs> And then Rick Perry, of course, signed it because he thought it would end wildfires sure, in Texas yeah, he didn't or have something. Any, yeah, he had no idea. Yeah. No, he didn't even know what he was signing. He didn't sure. even know what state he was in. What, are you kidding me? Uh, well, he's only aware of one state. Yeah. Right? Great state of Texas. <laughs> Everything else is subordinate to Texas. There's a, but, but Rick Santorum signed it as well. He signed this family leader pledge. And this family leader pledge basically uh, is it, – it's like this idea that you know same-sex marriages uh, aren't uh, wouldn't be allowed. They're basically saying like we want to make sure that – Christian, like conservative, crazy evangelical Christian values about sex and the Victorian ideals we have are going to be taken uh, to the next level if you were to become president. That's basically what this fucking document is. Right. And one of them is, is the banning of pornography. You, it's a, I mean, why cripple our one functioning industry? Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if there's one thing America's good at. Do we have to import everything now? You know, speaking of shit that's just not going to happen, he also wants to annul oh, all same-sex God. marriages. He basically says, like, yeah, if I get in office, all those same-sex marriages that have taken place, I'm just going to go ahead and, and give them the not-it stamp. That's fucking bullshit, man. Yeah. That's – you're really you, – you, you, you're going to try to roll back. Not only are you not going to continue to allow for states' rights, big conservatism. Right. You're going to, from a national perspective, roll back the rights of existing married couples. But isn't isn't this just one step away from saying that that two guys can't live together or two women can't live together? Uh, isn't this really just one step away from saying that? Like, you know, if you're two guys, you got to prove that you're just roommates, right? Like, you got you got to you got to like submit your Santorum every week to make sure <laughs> that you're not. You're not knock, actually. knock, knock, check. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, this guy is a fucking nightmare, though. He really is like all the worst things that to come out of the 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 Republican Party. He's like the fucking Godzilla. Like he's like you know the the nasty creature that was fucking mutated and got stronger and stronger <laughs> and has fucking stomped his way out of the ocean and is now fucking terrorizing Iowa. He's like the Toxic Avenger. <laughs> <laughs> Except for, except for instead of green, he's brown and oily. I was in Indianola a few months ago, and I was talking to someone who works at the Department of Public Welfare here, and she told me 
that the state of Iowa is going to get fined if they don't sign up more people under the Medicaid program. They're just pushing harder and harder to get more and more of you dependent upon them so they can get your vote. That's what the bottom line is. I don't want to, to make people's lives better by giving them somebody else's money. I want to give them the opportunity to go out and earn the money and provide for themselves and their families. Either Rick Santorum in a speech on uh, Sunday in Sioux City, Iowa, either he made an incredibly racially insensitive comment, or he was talking like a pirate. Yeah, it's, it's somewhat difficult to tell because I think he catches himself partially when he says, um, you know, he, he basically singles out, uh, he's talking about entitlement reform. And rather than saying, you know, like, like poor or, you know, some other euphemism for poor, he starts to say black people. And you can kind of hear that he catches himself. So it actually kind of sounds like, and black people. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> tis the so, black people that is getting all the entitlement, tis. Tis. <laughs> they be taking my pieces of eight. They're very concerned about pirates or, in his mind, black people and poor people are the same fucking thing. Because if you can use the term interchangeably, it probably means you're using the concept internally interchangeably. Absolutely. Like, that's the first thing I thought is like, oh, well, that's a slip. But it's a slip that shows me part of his fucking psyche, you know? It's a slip that says, oh... I know what you really mean, dude. Even if you just you just messed up a little, you're like, oops, kind of just let something slip out. Hey, buddy, I know what you mean inside. I know because right. it's, it's, it's come out now what, what you really mean. And isn't this perfect, though, that you have somebody at this day and age, we're talking 2012 now, this guy is saying stuff like, you know, being black is who is getting the entitlement programs. If you're black in this country, you are part of the entitlement state. You are part right. of the people who are basically stealing money from the government, Ugh. taking money from the government to live high on the hog in your big pet Cadillacs with all your, your hose, you know, <laughs> and your giant gold chains because of all the money you make off of welfare, all that money, all the kids that you have when you're out there pumping out your kids to support your Cadillac habit. Your Cadillac habit. Your Cadillac habit. I got. I gotta have another Escalade. I need it. Give me a fucking break, you asshole. That's like that's such a myth. It's, it's like it's this yeah. guy is just he's fucking covered in mythology. Whether it's talking about fucking God's law or talking about the entitlement state, the guy's just fucking full of mythology. You're really gonna consider um, hiring a man for a job who's so. I mean, he's he's racist. The man is racist. Right. When you when you when you conflate poor with black, you know, and the, the thing that makes me crazy is you look at the comments on the article. This is a, this is a, a video from CBS, and the very first comment he said "bly," something like when you say "big" and "huge" at the same time and come out with "hig." He did not say "black." Fuck you, fuck you, really? Because then what are the two words he was trying to say? What two bly. words? He was trying to say blind. He was trying to say blind. He was trying to say blind. Blind people. Blind, blind, blind. Blind people. Even if you were to think that he says blind, really, what kind of people is he talking about that starts with BL? It's black, dude. He says black people. Yeah. 
And and you know what? Like that's just that's just fucking an apologist. That's what right. that is. That's just somebody who's like who's like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend that he said something else, so it doesn't sound like he said something. No, motherfucker, dude is dude is not only a fucking anti-gay fucking crazy person. He's also fucking he's also a racist. Why would we be surprised if you're a bigot about one thing? Yeah, exactly. Are we surprised you're a bigot about exactly. another? Exactly. No, we shouldn't be surprised. I mean. The man's obviously a bigot, and he has no problem with it. The only difference is that it's still kind of okay in certain circles to be a bigot about about sexual identity. But, you know, it's not okay anymore to be openly racist. Right. Someone's got to tell that to Santorum. Hell, someone's got to tell that to Gingrich. Yeah. <laughs> and if I become the nominee, I'm going to take a very simple symbol. I'm going, to, I'm going to have food stamps versus paychecks. President Obama is the most effective food stamp president in American history. You know, because Gingrich makes a similar comment. He's talking about food stamps, um, and he's defending his comment about food stamps. He says, and so I'm prepared if the NAACP invites me. I'll go to their convention to talk about why the African-American community should demand paychecks and not be satisfied with food stamps. Most people who get food stamps are employed. Also, most people who get food stamps aren't black. These fucking politicians, Tom, are so fucking out of touch. And this is the problem in America when you have guys that are so out of touch with reality yep. that all they do is just they, – they have an idea of what happens – because it's you know this idea that gets painted to them. They've you know they the anecdotal evidence is one time they met somebody who made money off of being on welfare, and therefore everyone does. And so, or one time they heard about it even because it's probably not even met. It's heard. I heard about a guy who one time you know right. had a bunch of kids and made a lot of money and treated his kids like shit and spent all the welfare money on other stuff. Like that's what they've heard. And yeah. so from that point on, they have a mental image of people who are on welfare because they've they heard a story one time. Well, you got to do a little more research than that as a fucking politician. We have these guys in office right now that are these rich white guys that have no fucking like they don't have any fucking kind of vision of what America is like. They got this tunnel vision of what it's like to be a really rich American that is privileged and white and male. They have that fucking vision down fucking pat. No And they kidding. understand what that feels like. No kidding. But they have no idea what it's like to be a single woman of color who's also a mother, right? A single mother of color right now in this country. They have no fucking clue what that's like. But they get to govern for those people. And there's a lot more women out there and there's a lot more poor people out there and there's a lot more poor people of color than there are rich, crazy rich white Americans. Yep. But yep. somehow we govern to this to this standard. These people, they, they come in with this fucking uh, – there's a word I'm thinking of. Myopic? Is that the word I'm yeah. thinking of? Shorts, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. they have this myopic vision of America. And well, what the fuck? Like why do we fucking hire these people to do this job? They can't do it. No, they can't, Cecil. And you're exactly right. You're exactly right. The, the, the level of disconnect is so broad and so vast. And, you know, you hear something like this and – you know, it doesn't take uh, an English major, which I am, <laughs> to parse this motherfucker's language, right? You know, what, what does he say? He says, um, 
African-Americans should demand paychecks and not be satisfied with food stamps. So the implication in that sentence is that they are satisfied with food stamps. Absolutely. He's There's implied. nobody on fucking food stamps who's satisfied with fucking food fucking stamps. Break. That is a fucking wretched thing to say. That's an offensive shithead thing to say. They're, they're satisfied with food stamps. They're satisfied with having to call on help from other people. They're satisfied with that. They don't want more because they're fucking satisfied with food stamps. And it also says that they should demand paychecks and not be satisfied with food stamps. That implies they're not working. Right. That's not fucking factually accurate. Most people who receive food aid, food stamps, food assistance... They are fucking employed. It's just that they're so fucking grossly underemployed by the lack of goddamn paying opportunity right now available to them that even with employment, they can't afford to feed themselves and their family. Who listens to a fat, rich white American talk about food assistance? Yeah. <laughs> food right? assistance. That's like me being like, oh, I don't want to give you my money so you can eat. Yeah. Bring me another pecan pie. <laughs> Make sure to cover it in sprinkled poor person. Right. <laughs> Remember to baste the poor. Yeah. They dry out so quickly. They so, are bony. They are so lean. <laughs> Low and slow on the poor. Low yeah. and slow. Something happened a long time ago in Haiti, and uh, people might not want to talk about it. They were under the heel of the French. Uh, you know, Napoleon the Third and whatever. And they got together and swore a pact to the devil. They said, we will serve you if you'll get us free from the French. Mm. True story. The, the assholery just keeps on coming, but this asshole is also hilarious. Pat Robertson was recently on uh, The Crazy Show, um, a CBN, which is like, I don't know, Canadian Bible Network. I have no idea what it is. CBN, fucking crazy network for crazies. Um, and he was yammering while somebody listened and smiled. And he said basically that he had chatted with God over the weekend. A little chat. Fair enough. A little one-on-one. Sure. And uh, he says some crazy stuff. But my, my favorite part of this clip is where he plays 20 questions with God. <laughs> he basically says, like, God says there's going to be, you know, a big upheaval or what have you. And so Pat Robertson goes on this, like, fucking quest with God. And evidently God just won't answer a direct question. No. So God's like, is it, uh, it going to be a tactical nuke? And God said, no. Then I asked him, is it going to be uh, uh, the Mayan apocalypse? And God said, no. So then I asked him, and this goes on. <laughs> And you're just sitting there thinking, like, no wonder it takes you all weekend to speak to your deity. They were on a You've road trip everything. together. That's why. <laughs> they were playing the license plate game. You know, they're like, I got an X. I got a Z. You know, they worked their way through. And then they're like, well, what do you want to talk about? I don't know. You want to talk about the downfall of America? Sure. Let's talk about yeah. the downfall of America. You ask me questions, and I'll tell you if you're right. Um, and we got this article. We found this article uh, from the Friendly Atheist. Um, it was on his blog. Uh, so, uh, but this is a, this is one of those... You would there's that quote uh, a while back. I remember reading it. Something about um, George W. Bush says he talks to God every day. But if he were to change it and say I talk to God through my hair dryer every day, you would you would think he's fucking crazy, right? But if since he just says he just talks to God, that's fine. But the moment you in- introduce the hair dryer, it's immediately ins- insanity. You know, right? 
right. I feel the same way. It's like, what if you were to come back and be like, you know, I was talking to Kermit from the Muppets over the weekend. Right. And what Kermit from the Muppets said is, hi ho, there's going to be 2012, it's going to be, you know, like, if, if that was the case, like, like what I feel like, <laughs> what I feel like is like, like that doesn't make it any less crazy than what he's saying right now. No, not even a little bit. Yeah. Not even a little bit. It, th- this whole interview is, it's two and a half minutes of, of a senile old man rambling on about nothing. This guy is obviously fucking unhinged. And I wanna I wanna find out. I seriously wanna know if he's a fuck if he's a fucking tax-free organization. Because he's obviously speaking about he he goes out and says our current president is like, you know, an awful fucking thing. So he's basically attacking, you know, a, a political party. Are you right. fucking tax-free institution? Because if you're a tax-free institution, you should give that shit up if you're going to fucking venture into politics, motherfucker. Well, clearly God ventures into politics. God's worried about an election? That doesn't even make any sense. God God should be a lot more worried about the gays, I think. God has a lot to worry about with the gays. <laughs> yeah, he's so worried about what everybody's doing in the bedroom. There's a lot more bedrooms That's than there are elections. <laughs> a lot more erections than elections. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think it'd be nice if you started worrying about some of the fucking starving people. Yeah, in the no world. kidding, right? Right. Stop like, worrying mm. about who I'm having sex with and start worrying about fucking giving people foods. So we're going to take a break here and we're going to give you all the information that you need to contact us on Facebook, on Twitter. You can even uh, blast us with phone calls or emails. However, you want to get in touch with us, please do. Um, also, remember that uh, if you subscribe to us on iTunes, that's mad helpful for us. So we would appreciate any iTunes reviews and subscriptions. And uh, we'll give you uh, all the rest of the show that you need to get angry in just a moment. You can email these assholes at dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. For more information on this or any other episode, visit the Cognitive Dissonance website, dissonancepod.com. Like our show on Facebook to join in the conversation. Just search for Cognitive Dissonance in Facebook or go to our website for the link. You can converse with us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at dissonance underscore pod. Help us out by retweeting and reposting our shows. You can call us and leave us a message at 740-74-DOUBT. That's 740-743-6828. Long distance rates apply. Your help is fucking greatly appreciated. So Cecil, so this next story also comes from the Friendly Atheist web, or blog. Um, this is about North Carolina public schools that offered Bibles to kids, refuses to accept pagan books. Um, this is this is funny. This story this is just cracks awesome. me up. This is great. This is exactly what you want to see happen to make them realize that their fucking ideas are fucking stupid. A, a school in North Carolina, this woman's fifth grade son um, comes home and he's, you know, he's got a Bible and he gets the Bible from school. Evidently, the Gideons swung by. They weren't content with hotel rooms. They swung by and they dropped off, you know, a box of Bibles. And the box of Bibles was made available to students who asked for one. So the school is basically sponsoring the Gideon's giveaway program for Bibles. And the mother got upset and she called the school and the school said, hey, look, we're not pushing any one religion. Any religious group that comes by and drops off a holy text, cool, we'll make it available for the kids. Free knowledge. Teach the controversy. You know, so she said, okay, fine, I'm pagan. I'll call your ass on that shit. So she swings by with a box of pagan books. Uh, we're reviewing our policy. We're not really going to hand these out. 
Yeah. I like that in the article, uh, the uh, the author of the Friendly Atheist blog says something like, why wouldn't they just fucking accept them and just pretend? I know. You know, like at least then you look consistent. That's the first thing I thought is like, didn't you realize that you were at that point you were checkmated? What they did is they just like they were like, oh, nuclear bomb, you know, and then they knocked all the pieces off the yeah. chessboard. <laughs> like, oh, I still win. You know, that that's not that doesn't you don't win when you yeah. do that. You lost. Bitch fucking checkmated you, yo. Just, well, just be ca- good with just it. Just called you out on your fucking policy. Right. Say, okay. It's like this is exactly what the flying spaghetti monster is. You know? Right. It's yeah. calling someone out on your policy. Your policy is is this. And it's and it's it is absolutely set up so that the the Judeo-Christian tradition is favored. That's how your policy is set yep. up. But the moment somebody comes in and says, but you word it in a way to make it seem like it's all religions, but it's yep. not. So then you come in with another religion, like the flying spaghetti monster or paganism. And then suddenly you're like, oh, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Well, we didn't, we really didn't mean that. We didn't mean that we wanted to teach creationism from the flying spaghetti point of view where people are touched by his noodly appendage. No, no, no. <laughs> we didn't want to do that. Yeah, these, these policies are um – you know, they know enough. They obviously, they know enough to word their defense always in the couched and, and, and sort of vague terms of religion in general without specifying. But you're absolutely right. You know, I think the same thing would have happened. Yeah, she was she was pagan. And that's, you know, in America, that's kind of an extreme. Um, I don't think it's any more extreme personally than Christianity. But in America, that would be seen as like a fringe or extreme religious, ide- you know, ideology. Um, do I think the same? Do I think they would have had a box available of Korans? Right. No, no, they would not. Absolutely, North Carolina. Yeah, I may be dumb, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hey, man! Have a fucking book burning after class. In the name of Jesus, we speak that. So this next story is also from the Friendly Atheist. It's like, the, totally, fr- this is like the Friendly Atheist podcast. Totally stealing shit from this guy's website. It's a great website, though. So it is. It is. It's worth... It's worth stealing He's from. far more friendly than we are, too. Yeah, I've <laughs> noticed that. He's even smiling. I didn't know you could smile. You I've never smiled. You can't be a smiling atheist. That's impossible. It just scares the chimps when I do it. Um, <laughs> he just ate gu- a baby. That's why he smiled. <laughs> He's sated, you know? Uh, federal government weighs $666,000. I love that it's I, I love that the number that they came up with. I just yeah. noticed that. That's awesome. Absolutely. To study the effectiveness of praying away AIDS. You know, here's the here's the problem I have with this. And was this, somebody brought this up a long time ago on our Facebook page, uh, or something similar up. I don't remember if it's the same thing, but and, you know, my first thought was, um, hey, it, that's how science works. Somebody proposes a hypothesis, absurd as it is, we don't get to say that's not true until we test it. Sure. So, to that to that extent. I'm 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 a supporter of saying, hey, you know, let's test all ideas. However, some ideas are um, a already very well studied. Um, prayer as an interse- intercessory prayer and prayer in, in general 
has been studied a lot. And the studies never come back with positive results. Um, in fact, the, the last major study of intercessory prayer actually showed a negative correlation between prayer and health. <laughs> God was mad. He was pouting. Because, you know, you know they speculate that the reason is that um, people were demoralized, that the prayers of other people weren't making them feel better. So the patients began to feel worse because they felt so guilt-stricken that these prayers weren't healing them. Or so, it was God who was mad at being tested. I think I, don't know. I think he, you can go for a second hypothesis here, Tom. The, the problem a lot of times when you pray, you know, and a lot of people don't, is that often Pat Robertson is on a road trip with, with God. Sure, you're getting his voicemail at that point. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, ha- it sucks. It's his Gmail. You know? He doesn't know how to use it. Right. I mean, think about it. You're like, your, elder, your grandparents don't know how to use technology. They're not as old as God. Heaven is a blinking 12. Like, that's what it is. <laughs> I've got to kill somebody who can set this thing for me. <laughs> Can't function at anything. Wouldn't you be just as outraged, though, if they had a, like, if they spent, you know, half a million dollars on trying to find out if fucking dinosaurs still existed? You know, right. like, like, if they spent, uh, you know, a half a million dollars trying to turn lead into gold? Like, I would be just as, I would be the exact same amount of outrage. I'd be like, look, I understand, you know, certain things need to be tested on. And I'm not anti-science. I, I hope that they do test things out. But when when you have a track record, when, when your fucking process starts out with what we're going to do is pray to some imaginary fucking creature in the sky to make people better, I don't think that that's a place to base science off of. No, you have to have, the, your hypothesis has to pass a test of basic plausibility. You know, you have to have a proof of concept before you move forward into, you know, large scale testing of any kind. It doesn't take six hundred and sixty six thousand dollars to figure out that there's no basic proof of concept that can be established with fucking prayer. Now, you know, that guy ain't shit. Sorry, as motherfucker got nothing on me. Right. Nothing. Cecil, this next story infuriates both of us. Um. President Obama signed the defense authorization bill, um, NDAA. Um, fuck you, President Obama. Yeah, fuck you, dude. This was a terrible decision. This is an indefensible bill. I have no problem saying that. This is a grossly indefensible bill. Um, this bill weakens the civil liberties and civil rights of all Americans Um, by providing uh, the ability of the government to uh, just decide somebody's a terrorist. That decision is not subject to judicial review. Um, Based on the decision that somebody is a terrorist, they can um, detain even American citizens um, for um, indefinite periods of time without right to trial. Well, it's just a horrifying idea that – we have given up. We're willing to give up this stuff for security. And I and I would contend that indefinitely holding someone uh, doesn't raise your security level. It actually lowers it. Um, if you indefinitely uh, detain people, you're going to get more and more people that are going to be upset with the policies of this country, whether they live here or not. And if they indefinitely detain my wife, I would certainly be – Willing to do some drastic things to make sure that she got out. And those drastic things might include 
you know, some horrible terrorist activity. And you could be breeding terrorists through this bill. And now he says, there's this, you know, put a signing statement on there. You know, we're not going to use this for Americans, blah, blah, blah. But you can. Yeah. And that's – see, so we talked about this before before we began recording. And I think that the most important problem um, with this bill isn't whether or not President Obama will use this power. It's that this power is now enshrined sure, into law. It exists. And whether President Obama has all the right intentions or not, whether you believe that or not, doesn't make any fucking difference. Um, you've taken away a, a right. You've made a right a privilege. And uh, this is – I think this is this is the worst bill that's been signed into law in the last 12 years. This bill is in some ways more egregious than the Patriot Act. And uh, that I, I never thought yeah. I would say that. I really didn't. I thought – What a tag team between this and the Patriot Act. It's, it's such an erosion – of of those core principles that you learn as a civics student in America in high school, you know when you take civics classes, you read this con- you read the Constitution, you're tested on the Constitution, we discuss the Constitution, and you, you come to believe in it. You come to believe like, okay, this I this document makes a lot of sense to me. I understand how we got from here to yeah. here yeah. to where we are now, and and so much of that stems from these. Uh, I think a very solid fundamental principles of, of governance. And uh, when you begin to chip away at those, um, you're not, you're not doing yourself any favors. You're eroding the very foundation of what it means to be an American by eroding those rights. And you're also saying, Hey, you guys just fucking remember those rights. You think we have No, we can take them away at any time. We, Lord, we just ask to, to be covered with the blood of Jesus. Open hearts, Lord. Open hearts. 15-year-old boy murdered for being a witch in London. In London, yeah. Yeah. Cecil. Um, this story is so – this story is not safe for it really life. Isn't. This is from Atheist Underworld. Um, this 15-year-old boy was was not just murdered for being a witch but was – tortured in such a horrifying, grisly fashion um, for an extended period of time before eventually being so uh, weakened um, and uh, damaged by the torture that when placed in a bathtub was unable to raise their own head to not drown. Yeah, I I had to take a break from this story. I started reading it, got through about three paragraphs or four paragraphs of the quoted text, and then stopped and was like, you know what, I'm going to take a second walk away from this, come back and finish it. Cause it's that it's grisly. And it's one of those stories where you just wish the person was an arm's length that did this. Cause it's a, you know, you put somebody through this kind of torture because of your crazy fucking religious beliefs. Yep. The end of the article, I think explains it perfectly. And from atheist underworld, I'm going to read directly from the article. A person who believes in the reality of witchcraft perceives it as an evil threat to their life. It becomes a rational fear based on an irrational belief. This is why having unfounded beliefs is a terrible thing. Absolutely. Bravo. Absolutely, right? Bravo. Uh, th- this person yep. has, a, has a crazy belief based off of, you know, you don't get here from not having a, belie- a deep-seated belief in witches and, uh, and the devil – and that sort of – you don't get there if you don't have that. If you grow up in a place where people yep. are like, 
witches, the devil, that shit's fucking made up. You would never fucking torture and kill somebody over it. It just wouldn't happen. No, because you would you would laugh. You would think that's silly. There's no such thing as magic and witches and wizards and, you know, I mean, it's like it's some fucking dragons and castle bullshit to me, you know, and it should be to everybody. But the thing is that um, if you have a belief in witches and, and Christianity does not dispel right. that belief, it directly addresses thou shall not suffer a witch to live. It directly addresses and, and, and codifies the existence of them. And, you know, yeah, Cecil, I'm going to be, if I honestly, if I, if, if, if in my heart of hearts, I thought that there was somebody in my house who could use magic powers to destroy me, would I try to destroy them in return? Yeah. Because if I see those magic powers as every bit as dangerous as, just like this guy says, if I see those magic powers as every bit as dangerous as a man wielding right. a gun, then I'm going to take actions that are uh, in keeping with the threat level that I'm, ass- uh, I'm assessing here. Hey, but the the result is that this boy is dead because of superstitious mumbo jumbo bullshit. We've talked about this in the past. It's important what people believe. It's important that people have a worldview that's rationally based. It's important not because I said it's important. It's not important because um, I think it's better. It's important because when you don't, lives are lost. Real lives, genuine, honest lives. In cities like London, where they should fucking know better. God has no place within these walls, just like facts have no place within organized religion. So Cecil, this next story, um, this is just funny. The ACLU demands West Virginia County stop funding the annual Jesus Fest festival. There's really nothing to this story. There's a Jesus Fest festival. I love that. It's a fest festival. Jesus fest festival. Um, so they, there's a Jesus fest festival. and uh, It sounds like it was stutter. I know. It's, <laughs> it's awesome. Each year, the county provides $2,000 in funding uh, for the Jesus fest. And the ACLU is basically saying, hey, you know, that's government money going toward Jesus fest. Don't do it. Cut it out. Probably not a good idea. Okay. Nothing new here. Right. Nothing new here. The best part of this whole story, though, is a quote from the guy who is defending using this money. He basically says it's not taxpayer money. And he says it's not taxpayer money because that money does not come from property tax money. It comes from what I call devil's money, which is gambling money from video lottery and table games that the county has received. What I love is that the that the they have con- the devil has convinced them to use his money to support Jesus Fest. I love that that's too. The, that's the best part about the entire thing is that the devil is so smooth. He's just like, yeah, we're going to support your Jesus Fest here. First, Jesus Fest is free, kid. Wear this wear this Jesus Fest badge sponsored by Satan. Je- yeah. this, this Jesus Fest brought to you by Satan. Satan, the only demigod. Yeah. Satan, the proud sponsor of Satan. I yeah, I think this is ridiculous. But you know, this is a guy who doesn't understand. Like, if this is your person who's in charge, he doesn't understand taxes and or money you know, that government gets. It's baffling. Like, it all comes to the government, stupid. So it comes from fucking all of us in some way. Right. It's it's like well, it came from video slots. Yes, as a tax. Only godless. It came from roads, and only godless people ride on those right. roads. It's, like, I, it's baffling. It's a baffling comment. It's, besides, it's devil's money. You can use the devil's it's money the devil to promote money. Jesus. Who says you money. can't do that in America? Sure. 
Stupid ACLU. Use your thinker. Devil money. Devil money. I am opposed to cap and trade. He is safe. Uh, and and I, I also am an amateur paleontologist, so I've, I've spent a lot of time looking at the Earth's temperature over a very long time. And I'm, I'm, I'm a lot harder to convince than just looking at a computer model. You may have noticed throughout the course of this show. Um, now, I, I realize that both Cecil and I are amateur gemologists. Yeah. So we're not. Uh, we both think gem is truly outrageous. <laughs> so, <yeah>. <laughs> we are qualified <laughs> to speak. In much the same way that Newt Gingrich is qualified to speak on climate change. Newt Gingrich says um, there's insufficient evidence for climate change. And uh, he cites his uh, expertise as an amateur paleontologist. (laughs) And Tom, I initially, when I heard this... I initially, my brain went through and was thinking, oh, well, he's, you know, he's looked at the fossil record or something like that. And you had to point out to me that what he refers to after he says he's an amateur paleontologist is that he's looked at climate records, which would mean that what he meant to say was, I am an amateur climatologist, but he did not say that. He said paleontologist. So I totally thought immediately my brain was trying to put together something rational that he had said. But instead he was just like, yeah, I'm an amateur of this specific scientific discipline, which is not related at all to the thing that I'm going to talk about now. It's awesome. That's fantastic. Either he is not really an amateur paleontologist. (laughs) I'd love to see him with his little rock hammer and his fucking knickers out there, like tapping away at the rock, trying to get, you know, pull those fossils. Yeah. So either he's not really an amateur paleontologist, which strikes me as likely. I don't think he's really an amateur paleontologist. Um, I think that if you were a serious amateur paleontologist, you would know what paleontology was. I think that's one of the first things you discover when you get into a hobby of some kind, right? You know, like (laughs) when I'm done podcasting today, I'm going to go finish brewing some home beer. Like I've got some some homebrew working. I know that I'm brewing beer. I don't think that I'm brewing wine because I've discovered (laughs) – Right, I, I know the thing that I'm doing. I think if he was really an amateur paleontologist, he would know what a paleontologist was. Right. I don't think he misspoke, and he's really an amateur climatologist, because if he was an amateur climatologist, he would have fucking said I'm a climatologist. <laughs> I think he doesn't know what paleontology is. That's what I think. Well, well, and what you pointed out earlier, which I thought was fucking awesome, is he's trying to fucking use the argument from authority. He's just using the wrong authority. Right. I love that shit. That's the best ever. Now, we should use the wrong authority for everything because it obviously works. I'm an amateur sandwich artist. So. <laughs> sandwich artist? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I can drive this semi because I'm an amateur barista. Sure, right. Yeah, you know. Done. Yeah, they should let anybody who's an amateur something comment on anything. <laughs> and plus... You know, you pointed out, like, well, who fucking cares if you're an amateur? But even if he said he was an amateur climatologist, who fucking cares? You wouldn't let an amateur brain surgeon do brain surgery on you. <laughs> I could open your head like a flip top and fucking start poking around with a scalpel. I think it'd be like fucking seeing the Hannibal, for crying out loud. It'd be feeding your own brain to you. I wouldn't want that. Wait. Who's going who's gonna to take the word of the amateur when I could take the word of the professional? <laughs> the professionals resoundly agree. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm an amateur paleontologist. Wow, great. So you, in an amateur fashion, know a little maybe about the fossil record. Okay. 
Well, if I need to know something about the fucking fossil record, guess what? I'll call a professional. He is a professional floppy-faced white guy. That's what he is. Professional fucking person who looks like a basset hound. Dude, you can seriously fucking do a full-on Newton's cradle with those jowls. If you pick the left one up... Give it a half a second. That's, you know, reverberate. He looks, like, he looks like McCain. He looks like he's storing legislation for the winter. Like he's just stuffing it in his cheeks to hold on to it. I got a little pocket in there. <laughs> oh, look, NDAA. Oh. He actually fucking housed prisoners in there. Amateur paleontologist. Indefinite detention in his jowls. So, Cecil, we got some uh, very good email this time. Um, we got, uh, I think, one of my favorite emails um, that we've gotten in a long time. This email definitely wins Bot of the Week. I actually have seen many helpful elements in your webpage, Episode 24, Pub, Pub Crawl Birmingham, Cognitive Dissonance, the podcast, <laughs> about computing devices. <laughs> On the other hand... I've got this opinion that notebooks continue to be not quite strong, sufficiently becoming a wise decision when you frequently accomplish tasks that require a great deal of power, for instance, video editing. Guy's got a point. Mm. However, for internet browsing, Microsoft Word producing, and many additional well-known PC work, they are all right. (laughs) Assuming you never mind your little friend display size. Appreciate giving your thinking. Say hello to my little friend. Display size. Uh, he must listen to the show. He knows all about our little friend. Uh, my tiny URL has become Your tiny legend. URL. It's it, it's obviously it's getting bigger. I guess. <laughs> it's a grower, not a shower. <laughs> <laughs> oh, these uh, bots are phenomenal. We get so many. You guys, you, you don't understand how many bots assault us each week on our blog. Like that's basically what we get is just literally. Uh, 25 posts a week that are all bots and two posts a week that are human Right. Beings. It's bot-tastic. <laughs> it's awesome. It's absolutely bot-tastic. Um, you know, we also got a Google Voice. Um, so we'll, we'll play the Google Voice. We you, Remember, you can always call into the show. Um, if, you're, if, if you feel like, you know, you want to get in touch with us, you can call us. Leave us a message. Um, Google Voice does a phenomenally awful job of translating so we're gonna go ahead and play the actual message here and then i will read the google voice translation hey guys this is susan calling from savannah georgia um, i'm one of the guys who got clued in about a month ago via whoever commented at religiosity and i like that show a lot but i think um ranching out has really allowed me to see that there's this whole skeptic community out there and it's not just me and itunes which is great because sometimes it feels like that when i write about politics for the local paper here in the south which as you can imagine um but i've also since checked out the birmingham skeptics podcast because i love that guy's accent and so as you can see my basis for judgment is at a really high level and this year's show must be awesome so um hopefully you guys get a lot more podcasts in this year before the second coming of christ and i'll keep staying tuned in see ya so that was what was actually said and we thank you very much for the voicemail uh google voice well google voice had it a little different hey guys this is calling from today in Georgia, and I'm one of the guys who got booted about a month ago. Yahoo later. 
call me later that we have a job seeking and I guess all why, but I, I think I mentioned now I was going about it. You got the whole skimpy community out there. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds to me and I can, which is great because sometimes it feels like that when I write about politics for the local paper here in the South. So if you can imagine, but I thought this was checked out the Birmingham skeptical podcast because of the guy's accident. So if you can see... <laughs> it's so where it this depends. Is, so if you can see my this is for Judge Minute. That'll be a higher level of Miss Your Show. <laughs> Must be awesome. So I hope you guys get a lot more podcasting this year before the second coming of Christ at it. Okay, thank you, and then hiya. Hiya! Hiya! <laughs> Thank you for the voicemail. Remember that you can always call us at 740-74-DOUBT. We got an email from uh, Jake. Jake sent us a... uh, I I think this has got to be my favorite video. I'm going to watch this video at least 10 times every day. This is... uh, (laughs) I even like the title of his email, Punch Up at the Nativity. Um, Phenomenal. So some Greek and Armenian months are at the uh, Church of the Nativity in Bethlehem. And I guess they were like cleaning the place up because they all have brooms. They're either doing like a like a glee, you know, uh, rehearsal or something. But they all have push brooms, and and they get pissy with each other, and they get pissy enough that they're all fighting. In only they're not way yelling, that, like physically fighting. Yes. Yeah. They're not. Yeah. They're, Although I mean, it, it's it's the lowest level of physicality in fighting I've ever oh seen. Oh my god. <laughs> It looks exactly like you would imagine a bunch of priests fighting each other would look like. It's uh, it's tremendous. And they all have brooms. You would think the devastation that would be wrought when everybody has a fucking weapon would be tremendous. But half of them just like hurl their broom in the general direction of the battle and kind of run away. They're just like, ah, I'm so mad, broom! I like to imagine that this is how like knights fought and like the they just ran up and like threw their swords like with their left hand like all awkwardly and then ran away from battle. That's how I like to think that the crusades were won and lost. And the best part of this video is at the end where the police I know come don't the- fuck around. The police storm yeah. in and they are like a wedge, man. Yeah. There's like 60 of these dudes and they've all got their batons and their batons are like raised up at like a beating your ass angle. How did they fucking mobilize so fast? (laughs) I don't know, but they run in there in force and they just like pummel these guys. There's one like at the end where the priest has like already thrown his broom and he's like sort of backed up and he's got his arms kind of crossed in front of him with the police officers. Whap, whap, whap. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Oh, it's so funny. Um, who would Jesus fight? Yeah. Like, it's so awesome. It's like Fight Club for priests. Yeah. It's terrific. So we thank you very much because that shit was fucking awesome. I loved every single bit of that uh, nonsense. Um, we also got an email from Tim. Um, Tim said that uh, Tim's email was, was, was very amusing to me. I recently came across your podcast and find your views and delivery right on for the most part. Eh, for the most part, yeah, I agree with you. For the most part. And look forward to each edition. I think it is fair to use Mickey's reference to Minnie that he thinks she's fucking goofy to describe your approach, and it is appreciated. Um, so he, he did take issue with uh, uh, the fucking greatly appreciated line. Um, he thinks it should be greatly fucking appreciated. Yeah, I think you should get your own fucking podcast. 
shit. You change that shit when you have editorial control, bro. No problem. Mo- moment you get editorial no, Tim, control, we're just you fucking around. We, we're really thankful yeah, for the email. Yeah, and the thing Thanks is, we don't, we're fucking us. not native English speakers, so fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I just blame uh, everything on that. All my inadequacies. You're just like, yeah, I'm not a native English speaker. He's really a native English speaker. <laughs> I'm fucking lying. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what the syntax is. And I tried to look it up, but I couldn't find fucking as, a, as an adjective anywhere in any of the dictionaries. I was just like, I don't know. The problem is actually if you look up fucking, it's used as like every part of speech. Yeah. So you're like, well, how should I? Oh, I can use it as yeah, any I, part I, of speech. I don't understand the rules behind English. I just speak it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I speak it incorrectly, obviously, Tim. You can so, use it as, yeah. as any – you can seriously use fuck or fucking as virtually any part of speech. It's 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 an insanely versatile word because you can just fucking use it to fucking mean anything. Yeah, let's fucking close out the show. So, let's do it. Uh, so as usual, uh, thank you for listening. Please uh, get in contact with us and uh, and let us know your thoughts. Uh, Tom's been trolling the Facebook page as of late, so if you post something on there, Tom may make a comment recently. So have a conversation with Tom when you get a chance. And, uh, and thank you for listening, and as always, we'll leave you with the Skeptic's Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno-Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death and towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and views expressed in this show are that of the hosts only. Our poorly formed and expressed notions do not represent those of our wives, employers, friends, families, or of the local dairy council.